And Elisha the Tishabite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Praise God. Verse 2. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, praise God, that is before Jordan. Verse 4. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I will have commanded the and I will have commanded the raven to feed thee there. Verse 5. So he went and did according unto the words of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. Verse 6. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, praise God. And he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Verse 8. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Praise God. So when we talk about godly sustenance, you see God working on behalf of this man of God, Elijah, to sustain him. Verse 10. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he was, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there, gathering of sticks. Hallelujah. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering to stick that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat and die. Don't forget that. Very interesting verse. Verse 12. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first and bring it unto me and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the curse of oil fail, nor shall the curse of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. Praise God. Verse 6 And the barrel of meal wasted not. Neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. And it came to pass. Okay, let's stop there. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's stop here for the time being, and then we will proceed afterwards, if time permits us. Praise God. Now, when we look at this account carefully, we'll discover a lot of things, a lot of spiritual ingredients that will empower us at a time like this. Praise God. 
I believe there is so much going on in our world today that people are anxious, they are troubled, some are traumatized, others are confused, others are worried as to how they can sustain themselves, their family members or children, or how they can sustain their spiritual life, their business, their career. One thing or the other, they may be thinking a lot of things into your mind right now. You're saying, God, I am confused. God, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. Now, Elijah found himself in a very terrible position. Praise God. Now, the Bible says he was a man of God. He served God. Take note of this. Faithfully. He served God faithfully. And yet, he made a decree. Why? Because of the idolatry that was going on in the land and the ungodly practices. He made a decree that there won't be rain for three and a half years. Praise God. That was his decree that he made. Who prophesied? Elijah. Who gave him the utterance? God. Who prophesied? Elijah. Who gave him the utterance? God. Now, take note of this very, very important thing that I'm going to point out. He was the one that stood and prophesied against the land and then famine came into the land. There was no rain. Praise God. Who proclaimed that there won't be rain for three and a half years? Elijah. Who gave him utterance? God. So was it the will of God for this famine at this time? Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then the Bible says that there won't be rain for three years. Three and a half years according to the word of Elijah. But look at verse 2. Verse 2 says, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, praise God, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. God gave this man of God an instruction after the prophecy after his persecution and all the, the challenges that he had faced with Ahab and Jezebel, and he proclaimed that there won't be rain for three and a half years, God told him, now you've spoken, go and hide yourself. The word hide there means go wait. Go and wait. Praise God. Many believers have problem of waiting. They have a problem. They cannot be patient enough to wait on God. You know when God tells you to wait, do you know it is one of the most challenging responsibilities that you have? Wait how long? I don't know. Just go and wait. Wait for what? I don't know. Go and wait. How should I wait? Some people don't know how to wait. Some people don't know how long they're going to wait. Some people don't even know when to wait. And that is where, listen now, God train you. That is where God will teach you. That is where God is going to mature you. Praise God. God, there are some people that God brought into a school of experience and God wanted them to wait, but they could not wait on God. They dashed out. And let me tell you something. Anytime you leave school before graduation, you won't have that degree or certificate. It's obvious. Am I right? So I'm not going to continue. Guy. I just, I'm, you know, you're know, you supposed to finish three years. You only did two years. They say, no, to hell with this school thing. I'm tired. They won't, they won't allow you to graduate. You have to go back and finish your course. Praise God. So the Bible says the word of the Lord came unto him saying, God spoke to him saying, get the ends, that is move from here and turn eastward. Clear instruction. Clear direction for godly sustenance. Everything was clear. Everything was perfect. God showed him where to go. God showed him where he ought to move from. And God told him what to do when he get to where he was going. He said, hide thyself by the blue cherith that is before Jordan. Specifically, go hide. Many of us, God wants us to hide. You have a talent, but God is saying, go hide. You are gifted, God is saying, go hide. 
You can pray, God is saying, go hide. You can preach, God is saying, go hide. You can heal the sick, God is saying, go hide. You can do deliverance, God is saying, go hide. Or you can teach, God is saying, go hide. You are anointed, God is saying, go hide. The reason why God is asking you to go and hide yourself is because the storm that you are facing is bigger than what you can handle. And at the time of hiding, the time of hiding is the time of preservation. The time of hiding is the time of training and nurturing and maturing because why? God doesn't want, there are times that God doesn't want you to expose yourself because the moment you expose yourself before the timing of God, you'll be hurt. The moment you expose yourself outside the will of God, you'll be exposed and you'll be hurt. The moment you expose yourself, listen, men may applaud you, they may validate you, they may assure you, but God will say no, 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 because it is not God's will. Praise God. There are times God wants you to hide yourself. There are times God wants you to go keep yourself. There are times God wants you to be quiet. There are times God wants you not to show up on any platform. There are times God wants you not to, not to go out there for recognition. God wants you to stay home and be quiet and learn. Listen, it is better sometimes when you are under leadership. Because when you are under leadership, you can make all the mistakes, make all the mess under that leadership. It is fine because there is a covering over you. But when you walk out there and you want to create a stage for yourself or a platform for yourself, the moment you expose yourself, you are in serious trouble. Because you know what? You are living in a world that will not give you a second chance. They won't forget your mistake. I'm going to say that again. We're living in a world that won't give you a second chance. They won't forget your mistake. The moment you become an, a public embarrassment, when you stand in front of them, they say, oh, is it not the man that did this or did that? Is this not the woman? You know what? So they don't give you a second chance. Praise God. So God is saying to this man, Elijah, a man of God, go hide. You know, our world today is, ah, how can I be, be, be hiding myself when I'm gifted? When I'm, I'm anointed? You know, I have what it takes. I, I can move mountains. I can pray for the sick. I can, I can heal the sick. I, I, can, I, can, I can confront demons and leaders and kings and queens. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. So why would I hide myself? God said, so you better shut up yourself and go hide. You are gifted. Hide your gift for now. You are anointed. Hide that anointing. There's a period of hiding. Hallelujah. And those are the period that God makes a man. But a lot of people have jumped overboard, showed themselves up, unprotected. God was not behind that, that scenario. And they got hurt by the enemy. Praise God. Even in, in a battle, when there is, there is a fierce point, let's say you, you got caught up in, in an ambush, what you do right away is not to attack right away because you don't know how, how, how equipped the, 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 the enemies are. The moment you are caught up in an ambush, you hide yourself. So that you can see where you are going. Because you may turn your face this way and then the enemy is coming from behind you. You're going to get hurt. The moment you, are, you, you fall into an ambush, you hide yourself first. To observe the environment. To notice what is there, what, what you are into. Before you show up. Because imagine if you are all there by yourself and you have 50 men with bullets and all kinds of weapons. And you only have a knife. You're just going to make yourself vulnerable. Hide yourself. Praise God. And so the Bible says, God said to him, go and hide yourself by the brook cherub. That is before Jordan, verse 3, the, uh, verse 4. The Bible says, and it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I will 
He said, the dad shall drink of the brook, and I have, sorry, I have commanded the raven to feed thee there. Now, take note of some specifics here. This is so interesting. And these are the reasons why I said we're going to continue with this on Wednesday. Because of time. The Bible says, it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook. God told him what he's going to be drinking from the brook. That is God's provision. But it didn't stop there. The interesting thing about it is that it says, and I have commanded the raven to feed thee there. You see the specific instruction? God said, go there, you are going to be drinking from the brook. Not what you want to drink from, but what I have provided is the brook. Go there and drink from the brook. Many of us want to drink from different systems. The Bible says that we ought to drink from our own systems. God. Many of us want to do things our own way. We want to go our own way. We want to, we want, we want to do it our own design. This is my design. This is my culture. This is my own understanding. This is my gifting. This is the grace that I have. This is my understanding. This is the wisdom that I have. This is the talent. But the one that owns the grace, the talent, the gifting, the anointing is saying, go by the brook and drink there. He has a purpose. Divine instruction for divine sustenance. Praise God. Go by the brook. Drink from the brook. And he says, I have commanded the raven to feed thee there. Which means that you go anywhere else, you're not getting nothing. Praise God. If you move from, from this brook, you go down to Scarborough, you have nothing. You get it now. You move from the brook. You go down to Pickering. You get nothing. You move from this brook. Right there. At Cherith. Before Jordan. You go down to Jamaica. You get nothing. You're not safe. Many of us have taken our own ways. We've gone our own ways. According to our own passion. According to our desires. Or maybe because of the, the applaud of men. We feel that this is the will of God. Men can say yes, they can approve you today, but God can disapprove you. Now look at how terrible this was. God says he was going to send, or he had commanded. In fact, the word there is not saying, he says, I have commanded. Take note of these words. I have commanded the raven to do what? To feed thee there. So the command. For, from, from, the, from the Lord is that the raven are coming with bread, they are coming with what? With meat, and they are going to feed you there. Where? The place that I have commanded you to be. So if you are not there, that is exactly where the provision is. That is exactly where the raven is going to fly, or they are going to fly in with the bread and the meat. So if you're not there, you're not going to get it. You cannot be working in the Ministry of Agriculture and then you want to go to the Ministry of Health for your, your paycheck. You getting me? You cannot be working for, for, for um, winners and then you go down to um, uh, the brick and say, I'm, I'm, I'm asking for my paycheck. They say, what, what's wrong with you? Are, you? are you okay? You cannot be working for Walmart and you go down to Canadian Tire and say, can I have my paycheck, please, at the end of the week? No, they say, we don't even know you. Who do you think you are? What's wrong with you? So I've been working for, 
for the past two weeks and I need my, my paycheck. So where, where were you working? Say said, oh, Canadian tired. They said, but this is Walmart. Get out of here. Right? But that's what many Christians are doing. We're, we're moving around from places to places, locations after the next, looking for what you don't labor for, number one. You're looking for what is not available for you. You're looking for that which God already positioned at the brook by Jordan, but you don't like Jordan at all. You don't like the brook at all. It might not be comfortable for you. It doesn't look pleasant for you. It's as if it's not fruitful for you. It's as if, oh, this is not accommodate. I don't like this place at all, at all. But God is saying that's the place. You're like, no, God, no, 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 God. No, no. And that's the battle that we face. We're kicking against the will of God. And God is saying, okay, I'm waiting. You can go 40, 50 years today. I'm still here until you get back there. Praise God. He says, and I have commanded. God has commanded. These ravens are the most, the most gluttonous birds that ever exist. They are greedy. Birds are greedy. Birds hardly share with other animals. They will just speak, you know, like if you are in the mall out there and then you park at the parking lot, you're eating, you see some of those birds that are coming around. If you're not careful with your plate, they even want to pick off your plate and fly away with it. Now imagine God, imagine God giving bread. He didn't say he will send a dog with bread and meat for you. He said a bird. He will send a raven. This bird that could not communicate to you. This bird that have no, he has, he has no, no level of understanding about your name, your this, your that, your that. But God designed him. Or God designed that or those birds to come and bring forth your resources. Now, we're talking about divine sustenance. But let's talk about divine supply again. We've talked about divine protection, divine supply. Listen to this. When God is in charge, he can use anyone, anything, anyhow. I'm going to reveal that to you. Well, you know, I can't deal with people like this because there are no millionaires in the church. I can't go to a place like that. You know, this, this, this area looks dry. There are no businesses. How can I start a church there? You know, I can't, I can't settle with my family in a location like this, you know. The place looks empty. You know, I can't trust God to fulfill his, his calling upon my life in a church like this. You know, I can't, I can't trust God to, to marry a woman like this. Or, you know, I can't, I can't trust God to travel just ordinarily like that with just instruction and there's nothing. God, what is it that you can give to me that I can hold on to? You know, in our world today, we are looking for assurance and we're looking for a result, instant result. It must work. God, if you are sending me, give me now before I leave. God says, no, go ahead. And it will come after you. Say, no, 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 no. Give me now. Pay the flight now. Give me the ticket now. I want the money now. I want everything now. It's an instant world. Everything. We have instant cocoa, instant coffee. McDonald's is there. Fast food. Everything on the fast food. You know, you don't ah, just drive through. Drive to money. Drive to miracle. Drive to blessing. Now, God doesn't work on drive to. God doesn't work that way. God is a God of standard. Praise God. So, the Bible says, God said to you, you must go there and the raven will come and feed you there. Specific instruction. Specific location. Specific bird. The ravens. Praise God. Hallelujah. Can you imagine? 
Now the question is, is it not Elijah that is supposed to feed ravens? Was it the ravens that were supposed to feed Elijah? Which one? <laughs> right? God was dealing with his pride. God was dealing with his ego. God was dealing with all the self-centeredness. God was dealing with all the, you know, this is, this is, this is natural. This is how it should work. God is saying, no, I don't work naturally. I work spiritually. I'm God. But God, this is how it should be done academically. God is saying, I don't work academically. I am God. No, but you know, psychologically, God, this is the way it should be. God said, I'm, I'm not a psychologist. I'm beyond that. I am God. No, but God, look at it. When you look at it governmentally, when you look at it socially, God, this is, you know, theoretically, scientifically, and, and, and this is the protocol. God says, shut up. I don't work like that. I am almighty God. I do it my way. Imagine God tells you now, I'll bring a cat that will feed you. <laughs> God, God, what is wrong with you? God, in our own days, now if God tells you he's going to bring a bird that will feed you, say, really? In fact, the very first thing you will do, I know you are so spiritually minded, you begin to speak in tongues. Devil, in the name of Jesus, I bind you. This is unnatural. This is, this is unrealistic. This is, it is strange. It has never happened. What kind of nonsense is this? You devil, I repeat God is saying, look at you, look at you. The ways of God are not the ways of man. You can be in a church of two people, three people, four people, five people, and God still tell you that you are a millionaire, you can't believe. Because what you see, right, is not in proportion with what God told you. It, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't tally, it doesn't work. In your own human, you know, a pastor was, was giving a testimony. He was in a church of few people, like three, four, five, and God says, this is your location. He was complaining, and then he realized something at the end. When God spoke to him, he realized, wow, 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 you are God. I am not. But whatever you've decided, that's, that's what I'll do. And he was, he was almost about to lose it. Why? Because of fear and unbelief. And this guy was believing God for wealth. Believe in God for greatness. But the village that God told him to go to, he had few people there, unrecognized. While he was there, the villagers gave him land. The land they gave to him, he decided to put borders around the land. Acres and acres of land, he decided to put borders around the land. They even struggled to put those pillars there. And the government at one time, they did some survey. They said, well, they realized there are some minerals in this area. And they checked the land. Crude oil. <laughs> Crude oil. The guy was like, what? The wife collapsed when she heard the, 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 the result. She collapsed. Could not believe. He thought that maybe traveling to America will make him the best pastor, the millionaire he was anticipating. He thought that maybe traveling to, 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 to London no, 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 you stay in this village. I'll do it for you. <laughs> Some people don't understand when God says go idle. Maybe right there where you are idle is where the provision is coming. But you don't, you don't, you don't, you're not used to that. You are used to the Western culture. You are used to the Western ideology. You know, let's do, let's do ministry the way, you know, things are changing. The system is changing. And so let's, let's go by the system, you know. You're missing the mark. The system is not your God. Almighty God is God. Hallelujah. So the Bible says that 
God was going to send ravens to feed him. Verse 5. So look at this man. This man, I love him. You know what he did? He went and did how? According to the word of the Lord. God is looking out for men and women who, are, who have spine enough. They have stamina. They have grace. They have courage enough. They have character enough to do according unto all the word of the Lord or the instruction of the Lord. Lord, I don't understand, but I will obey. Lord, it's heard. I will obey. Lord, this is strange, but I will obey. God, this, this looks demeaning. You're going to send a bird with food for me? Lord, Lord, but you know what? I will swallow my pride. I will obey. Lord, I don't understand. I don't understand how this is going to work. But Lord, I will obey. The Bible says he went down according to the instruction of the Lord and he followed God's directive. It was specific. God commanded him to go and he said he had commanded the, the raven to feed him there. Praise God. And he went and he dwelt by the brook. That is before Jordan. Verse 6 now. Look at what happened. When he obeyed, the Bible says, And the ravens brought him, take note of these details, details now. They brought him bread and fish in the morning, and bread and fish in the evening, and he drank of the brook. <laughs> this is sweet. Can you imagine God's instruction? God said, I have commanded. Listen. God says, I have commanded. And what God commanded came to pass. It was fulfilling right in front of his eyes. As he said, so the ravens came in the morning with bread and meat. They came also in the evening with bread and meat. Can you imagine this? Hallelujah. Beloved, stop underestimating what God gave to you now. Whatever God gave to you now. Wherever he placed you now. Just follow. It doesn't look pleasant for now. It doesn't look... Appetizing is not like oh real, it's not true, it looks it looks archaic. No, this is out, outside of the, the, the present culture in which we're living in. No, no, it, it doesn't it doesn't seem to be okay. It's not even conducive for me. Stay there. Stay there. Praise God. The Bible says God commanded the raven to feed him, and yet he we see here that when he went in obedience to God's word, the Bible says they brought him flesh and bread. Listen, I thought God would send angels, but he sent birds. Praise God. I thought, I don't know how those birds were flying. Do they have the bread in their mouth? <laughs> or maybe they grabbed them with their, their feet and then they were flying with their wings? How does this thing work? The question is, where were they getting the bread from? You have to tell me. Where were they getting the flesh from? You have to tell me. Who was the source? Who was the sustainer? Almighty God. They never missed a day. They never missed their timing. The Bible says they brought in flesh and bread in the morning. And they also do the same in the evening. They've never missed their schedule. They've never missed a meal. Listen. If God tell you go to the village, go. Hallelujah. If they decided to suspend you, accept the suspension. 
If they decided to discipline you, accept it. If they decided to drive you away, accept it. If they decided to reject you, accept it. If they decided to abandon, whatever the case. Listen, it is man that proposes, but God disposes. Listen, the ways of God are not the ways of man. Haven't you read the scripture says everything worketh for the good? It's going to be for your good, to them that love God. Can we understand that this raven ought to have eaten the bread and the, 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 the flesh before they got to Elijah? Hungry birds. But yet, they were divinely designed. This is not for me. It's for a man of God. It was commanded by all men. Listen, that which has commanded will definitely come to pass in your life in Jesus' name. Don't be scared. Don't be afraid. Don't be troubled. Don't be traumatized. Don't be anxious. Relax. He that believeth shall not make haste. Verse 7, and it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up. Now the brook dried up where he was drinking. Now, have you wondered why the scripture didn't say there was no more bread or there was no more fish? No, it didn't say there was no more bread, there was no more fish. But it says what, what dried up? Do you know why the book dried up? Who can tell me why the book dried up? Who is smart enough to tell me why the book dried up? Okay, I'll help you. Do you know why the book dried up? If that book had not dried up, the word that Elijah said that there will be no rain for three and a half years and there will be famine, that word will not have been fulfilled. So that brook also ought to obey the instruction of the man of God to dry up. Are you getting it now? So the reason why the brook dried up, the brook dried up at the command of the word of the Lord that Elisha said from the beginning, there will be no rain for three and a half years and the famine will come into the land. You get the point now? So, <laughs> listen, the, even the brook was obedient to the instruction of the Lord. So now the brook dried up. The question again is that what do you do when the brook dried up? What next? Ah, there's so much I want to say, but anyways, I promise you on Saturday, Wednesday, we'll deal with some details. Hallelujah. We'll get to do with this. What do you do whenever the brook dried up? Praise God. And the Bible says, because there had been no rain. He prayed that there would be no rain. So obviously the brook has to dry it up. But in verse 8 says, and the word of the Lord came unto him saying, you see, listen, there is a common saying that God will never lead you to a path or a place where his grace will not keep you. If God does that, and that's a temptation, he won't. But look at the way he does things. Did the, the moment the brook dried up, the word of the Lord came. You see, this is very interesting. These are the reasons why we, we ought to have a relationship with God. We ought to understand the will of God. We ought to have personal intimacy with God. Because if you don't understand the will of God, you'll be stranded. If you don't have a relationship with God, you are in serious trouble. Because at a time like this, God gave him instruction. He followed. Now, the brook has dried up. What next? You have to go back to God. Whenever what you are doing, whenever that assignment that God has given you, that project comes to an end, don't just jump overboard to get into anything. No. Go back to God who gave you the first instruction. He was the one that led him down to Jordan there. So God, what next? 
That is why as soon as the brook dried up, the next thing you hear, the word of the Lord came. Many of us, we don't wait for the word of the Lord to come. Ah, as soon as this is done, I know where to go. <laughs> In fact, I already planned. I have, my, I have my agenda. Things are working for me. Thank you, Lord. God is saying, look at him. Look at him. Now he's making it. He, he has no time to wait on me to understand what's my agenda or what's next. He just wants to go. God is saying, calm down. So right away the word of the Lord came unto him, give him a next instruction or the next agenda. Arise, get thee to Zarephath, praise God, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Ah, God. But look at it again. What he said right in verse, um, where is it now? In, in verse 4, is the same thing that he's going to say in verse number 9. He says, he says, behold, I have commanded he commanded the raven in verse 4. Now he commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. In fact, when I read this, <laughs> I laughed this morning because I asked myself, the things that God is using or the things that he was using to help this man, there seems irrelevant. A raven to bring me what? Bread and flesh? God, how is this going to work? Logically, it doesn't make sense. Or oh, I'm like, no, 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 no. In our own days, we would despise this instruction because it, it, it seems contrary to nature, right? That birds will feed a prophet. Then the next one, we saw that God led him to who? A widow. No, no, no. If this woman is a widow, except if he's a rich widow, but if this woman is a widow, we expect the man of God to bring forth food for this woman. Am I right? Logically, socially, Morally, you know, ethically, we expect the man of God to give to this widow, to bring something for this widow, to support this widow, to, to, to comfort this widow. He was the was he not the one that prayed for the farming to stop the rain? No, he was supposed to bring some of the fish or the meat or whatever God was giving to him, the bread. But no, 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 he came empty-handed to who? A widow. Now let me tell you some of the characteristics of a widow. Widows are always in need. Because they've lost husband. Some of them may have lost children. But this one has one son. You know a widow is a needy woman. Put it that way. Don't feel bad. Don't feel otherwise. If you're a widow out there, I'm not being negative. It's just the way things work. Widow, a widow is a needy woman. Praise God. Needs love. Needs help. Needs care. Needs some resource or money or whatever the case. But you cannot walk to this woman... And believing that God is going to use this widow to support you. So naturally again, look at this other avenue of provision. When you looked at it, it seems irrelevant or unnecessary. God, a widow woman, again, what kind of embarrassment is this? Praise God. The ways of God are not the ways of man. Maybe that billionaire that you see in that church and you say, wow, this man is going to bless me. Today I will preach fire. So that he will pay tight. He will walk out without even dropping offering. But that old grandma that comes in like this. <laughs> and she's struggling. That you want to ignore or reject in the church. She's the one that has your destiny. She has property that you don't know about. She has savings that she already put in the will for you and for the church. But you don't even know about it. Your eyes are on that guy that is bluffing and making it. He doesn't care about you. He's running after girls and coming to church and be hypocrite. But that's where your attention is. Praise God. Now look at these words. I love this. 
He says, so he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there, gathering what? Look at, look, I told you, widows are needy women. What was she doing? Looking for sticks, number one. And he called to her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink, right? Then what's the next reply? And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. Ah, Elijah, the first thing that you did to beg. <laughs> you know, now, now look up and look at me. Now when you look at this, you may think that what Elijah was doing, what was he doing? <laughs> Let, <laughs> let's just make some assumption. Assumption, okay? This is not biblical, but it's just an assumption. Let's assume that. Was he trying to really test what God said, what, whether it's going to be true? Can this woman afford can she provide? She was looking for two sticks and now I'm asking for water. And then as she was going, she said, can I have bread? Also as you're coming back, praise God. And then look at the reply. Look at the reply from the woman. And she said, as the Lord your God. <laughs> the woman didn't say as the Lord my God. <laughs> you see what she was doing? She was pointing him back to the God that sent him to her. As the God, the Lord your God, thy God, praise God. Listen, there are times when people talk, you think they are talking, just talking anyhow, but God is putting words into their mouth for you. <laughs> I remember something happened at one time, I was desperately in it, and the person tells me, I said, oh, I've been praying. He said, you're not praying enough, that thing pays. <laughs> that thing pains me, pains me so much to the extent that I double my prayer life. I'm serious. Ah, hallelujah. Something very, very important. And I was talking to this guy. I was trying to explain. I said, I said I've been praying about this. You have not prayed enough. That's why. I said, yeah. As soon as I hung up the phone, the Lord said, ah, exactly. Indeed, you have not prayed enough. Yeah? <laughs> I said, God. So you told him to tell me that I have, and I doubled. I'm telling you, double the fasting, double the prayers. Praise God. Now look at this woman speaking from the standpoint of faith and through the instruction of the Lord. She said, as the Lord died, God live it. Look at what she says. Now the strange thing when I read these verses, I, I was laughing. Look at what she says. I have not a cake. But God sent him to her. A woman that doesn't have a cake, God is sending you to. <laughs> Lord, really, seriously, you do this to me. You want me to come to a widow. Number one, number two, the woman that could not even afford a cake. God says yes. Many of us are looking for champions. God says no. I will give you infants. I will give you the ordinary. You are looking for the extraordinary. He says no, I'm giving you the ordinary. Start with that. You are looking for the crowd. God says no, I will give you one at a time. One at a time. You are looking for a name, for a platform. God says no, no, no. I will take you and hide you first. God, there is no more food. Lord, the brooks had dried. Then God says, go to a widow. And he didn't stop there. He said, the woman said that, as truly as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake. Oh God, why would you send me to somebody that doesn't have? There are many things that this woman doesn't have. Oh. <laughs> you want to be surprised? <laughs> he says, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel. And he says what? And a little oil in a cruise. 
Praise God. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go. Praise God. That I may go in and dress it for me. Look at it. I would go dress it for me and my son. You are not included, more. You are not, man of God. You are not part of this agenda. And that we may eat and die. Ah! God, why would you bring me to a woman that doesn't have? All that she had was a what? She didn't have a cake. She had a handful of meal. Just a handful. Praise God. She had a, a little oil. That's all she got. A little. And she was looking for two sticks. So imagine somebody tells you I don't have cake. I only have a handful. And I only have little oil. And I'm looking for two sticks. You'll be like this. Or you may be saying, ah, I think, I'm sorry, ma, ma, I'm sorry. Can I pray for you so that you go your way? I think I, I got the wrong widow. <laughs> there are some people who are like that. It's like, we found the wrong church. We found the wrong people. We found the wrong association. Oh, we are at the wrong place. So we're looking for surplus. We're looking for the crowd. We're looking for, we're, we're looking for notoriety. We're looking for our affiliation. We're looking for proper connection. We're looking for people. God says, no. I'm sending you to those who have, they don't have cake. They don't have cake. Cake. C-A-K-E. Cake. They don't have bread. <laughs> they don't have. The oil that they have, small, little. The bread that they have, or the flour that they have, is what? A handful. It's not enough. And you know the worst thing? She said, my plan is not your plan. You are not part of the agenda. And God already told him that he's part of the agenda. But the woman is saying, it's for me and my son. And look at how she puts it. We are going to eat and... Now God, the woman is saying, we are going to eat and die. That alone should have clicked another agenda in the man's mind. Say, Lord, didn't you say this woman will sustain me? Now she is saying that she's going to eat and die. How can the sustainer die now that I'm here? In fact, she never thought of dying. Oh God, you set me up. It is only at the time that I'm showing up that the woman came with two sticks planning to eat and die. Lord, why did you do this? What kind of embarrassment is this, God? God, why, God, why? After all the fasting, after all the prayer, after all the contention for you, after all that I have done for you, Lord, you put me to a widow that only, she, she doesn't even have a cake. She only has just a little oil and then a handful of flour and then washed of it, Lord. She's looking for two sticks and then she says she's going to die and Lord, she doesn't even include me. How can I leave? Many of us will begin to think of it differently now. Ah, uh, God. Hmm? Huh? Okay, what's next? What's the next plan? What's... Okay, you begin to try to see how you can improvise. What's the next method? The man didn't do that. He didn't. The woman said, I'm going to dress this, I'm going to eat, and I'm going to die. Praise God. Me and my son will die. So if you hope, your hope is in me, the hope is going to die. If your dream is on me, that dream is going to die. If your vision is on me, that vision is going to what? If your sustenance is upon me, that sustenance is going to what? Let me show you something in the book of Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 5 and 6. Let's see that quickly. Jeremiah 17, 5 and 6. 
I hope I'm making sense to you this morning. Am I blessing you? Are we there, Jeremiah 17? You should not despise the days of small beginning. Never you despise people or things. 5 and 6, Jeremiah 17, 5 and 6. Are we ready for this? Very interesting, I love it. Thus saith the Lord, Curse be the man that trusted in man. You see that there? And maketh flesh his arm. And whose heart departed from the Lord. Thank God. Elijah's heart does not depart from the Lord. He knew it was God that sent him to her. So no matter what the widow was saying, he knew what he came with. He knew who sent him to her. He knew what God was about to do. So he didn't allow the, the impression, the confession, all the, the, the things that the woman was saying. She, she, was, she was even making the situation hopeless, whereas Elijah was trying to convert the situation to become hopeful. He says, he says, cause be any man that trusted in man and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departed from the Lord. Verse 6. He says, for he shall be like the heat. Now take note. He shall be like the heat in the desert and shall not see when good cometh. This is the major problem. Whenever you depend upon man or the arm of flesh, there is a cost rested, number one. Number two, even when God will bring forth good by you, you will not see. Shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in the salt land, and not inhabited. What a sad experience. So if your mind is on people, your mind is on the government, your mind is on your dad, your mind is on your mom, your heart is on the people, your, your, oh my wife, my husband, oh my children, oh the job, oh the government, or oh, whatever you are depending on, you will be disappointed. You'll be embarrassed. Because the Bible says already you'll be cursed. That's the worst case. And then number two, if God tried to be good to you, you won't even be able to see you see that there? Now look at Elijah now. Elijah was saying deep down in his heart, Madam, I'm not looking at what you have. I'm not looking at who you are right now. I'm not looking at your present condition. That is not what God told me. But let me tell you what God told me. <laughs> let me tell you exactly what God told me. Number one, fear not. Don't be afraid. I came to tell you that you should not be afraid. I am here, madam, to let you know that fear is not part of God's agenda. Don't be afraid of tomorrow. Don't be afraid because you don't have money. Don't be afraid now because you cannot pay the bill. Don't be afraid now because people are not coming. Don't be afraid now because it looks as if the church is not growing. Don't be afraid now because it's as if your wife is going to leave. Don't be afraid now because your child is sick. Don't be afraid now because you've lost your job. Don't be afraid now because it doesn't seem to work. Don't be afraid. Fear not. God knows what he's doing. You don't know. Jesus spent 30 good years of his life laboring without fruit. 30 years. Who will do that investment? He's a wise man. 30 good years training, teaching, training, teaching, training, teaching. And he spent 3 years to fulfill 30 years mission. So look at it. He spent 10 years to accomplish one year. 10 to 1. One within the 30 years of ministry, he spent three years of fulfillment. Before you know, the whole world is impacted forever. Patience, my dear. Elisha said to the woman, Fear not, go 
You see, command and instruction now. And do as thou hast said. Right? But make me thereof a little cake first. You see, sometimes people don't understand the word. So Elijah said to the woman, I'll just go and then make cake for me first. And then, and then before you... No, he didn't say go and make cake for me first. Read, read properly. What did he say? Make thereof a what? A little cake first. In other words, Elijah was saying, take part of what you have. Make for me. Don't go and make everything. If you make everything for me, I finish everything. There's nothing left. That's wickedness. No, the man was not wicked. The man was realistic. He was honest. He was truthful. And the man knew what he was doing. He was, he was, he was saying, connect to the anointing. Tap into the grace. Praise God. He was saying, sow into this glory, to the grace, the anointing upon my life. So he said to him, go make a little for me first. A little cake first for me. Hallelujah. A little, not much. Praise God. And bring it unto me, and after make thee of thy son, or for thy son. You see that? So he didn't say, oh, go and take all that you have made for me, and let me eat. If you eat everything, nothing left. That is not what the Bible teaches. It says, take out of what you have. That little. You remember we are talking about leadership this morning, right? And we are talking about how to give out to build a house and all of that. Right? So you use that little that you have to tap into the great things that God has in store. Many of us, even the little that God is asking us for us to do is a problem. Praise God. But look at it now. I love it. The Bible says this. The Bible says, For thus saith the Lord of Israel. You see that there, verse 14? God is speaking now, right away. The buyer of meal shall not waste. Woo! Neither shall the curse of oil fail. The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the curse of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. Wow! Really, God? God's voice was speaking through the man of God, Elisha, now, and was saying, Whatever you have that is little, you call it little, you call it a handful, you call it too small stick. Praise God. You have no cake, but still use that little that you have. Whatever the case might be, God is saying that shall never, ever fail. I'm scared that I'm going to fail. I'm scared they won't marry me. I'm scared I'll be rejected. I'm scared it won't work. I'm scared they may not call me. I'm scared I'll be fired. I'm scared they will be rejecting me tomorrow. I'm scared, ah, you know, I'm, I'm troubled. I, I don't know, but, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. You're going to have that attack. You will die for nothing. Relax. Whatever little that you have won't fail. Listen, even with your remnant, God can start. Don't be impressed by all, all the shakings and the movings and all. Even the achievement and success of others can, I mean, you, 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 are, you, you appreciate them, you applaud them, but don't allow that to, to move you. Oh Lord, look at them, they are building houses. When am I going to even buy a land? If I, I don't even have the money yet, you'll kill yourself. Don't break your head. Don't. 
Oh God, when, when, when am I going to start my own ministry? When is this church going to grow? Oh God, when am I going to have money? No, look at me. Look at my friend, the other pastors. They are building churches. They are having cars. Oh man, they are buying houses. Man, they are making it. You know how they are making it? Do you know how they are making it? God did not call you to be making it. God has commanded people that will take care of it. You don't have to be making it. God has already done it. And he will do it in those avenues that doesn't seem relevant. The ways of God. You know why he's doing it? Elijah won't take any glory. After you've been fed by birds and a widow maintain you, when you come out of this, you say to God be the glory. Am I right? Yes! You're not going to stop your chest and say, ah, I'm a man, I'm anointed. I did it. Ah, ah, with my fire upon my life. Yeah. You're speaking in tongues now, telling the world, demonstrating pride that you did it. God is saying, mm, mm, mm. when he finished with you, eh? even if blind eyes open, you say, to God be the glory. When the dumb speak, you say, to God be the you, you will not trespass. Listen, there are some things that God will pass you through for his own namesake, for his own glory's sake. So now he brought this man to this woman, a widow, and look at the condition now. He told her to go do uh, a cake for him. And then she did. Brought it to the man of God. And then look at the man of God saying, Thus said the Lord, he says that the barrier of me shall not waste. Whatever you are doing will not be wasted. Your time will not be wasted. Your resources will not be wasted. Your life will not be wasted. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're going to talk about this on Wednesday. We're going to talk about the, 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 the barrel of meal. We're going to talk about the cruise of oil that will not be wasted. And it's going to be until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. On Wednesday, we're going to break this open. Amen. So let's just keep that. Permission? Am I permitted? Amen. Amen. Verse 15. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he took note. And she and he and her house. You see that? They did eat many days. And the burial of me wasted not. Wow. Of course. It won't be wasted because God has commanded it to be so. Hallelujah. Neither did the cruise of oil fail. God has commanded it to be so. It won't. Uh, you see, it says, according to the word of the Lord, which is spake by Elijah, your life will not be wasted. Your time will not be wasted. Your resources will not be wasted. Listen to this. Let me tell you something, beloved. At a time like this, you should keep your eyes on God who is our sustainer. He is the divine sustainer of our life. Don't be moved by the circumstances or the pressures of this world. Look at the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. God can be trusted. 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 God Almighty can be trusted. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 over there. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians, excuse me. Chapter 1. Hallelujah. Let's see verse number 20. God can be trusted. Oh, Pastor, I don't know what's going to be the outcome. Forget about the out outcome. Pay attention to God's income in your life. Amen. It's for all the promises of God. Do you see that there? 
for all, not some. Not some. The Bible says all. For all the promises of Yahweh. Hallelujah. In him that is in Jesus, in God, are ye, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Listen. When God promised Elijah, or he gave him that commandment, it was real. It was true. It was going to happen. In other words, the Bible is saying, not some, not you, not certain, but all. Has God promised you that you are going to be healed? Yes, you will be healed by his stripes. Has he promised you that you are going to have abundance? Yes, he will supply abundantly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Has he promised you that he's going to protect you? Yes. Has he promised you he's going to fight your battle? Yes. Has he promised you? He says no weapon that is fashioned against you shall prosper. There are hundreds and thousands of promises in this Bible. Listen to this now. That we are not the promises of men. They are the promises of God. But you see the interesting thing. If you read a verse like this. You might not get it. Let me paraphrase and let me simplify it. God is saying. Whatever I have said to you. I say yes to them. Whatever I have promised you. Yes they will happen. Whatever I have commanded. Yes they will come to pass. Did I promise you you're going to have a baby and you have been married for 14, 15 years? Yes, you're going to have a bouncing baby. Did I promise you you're going to get married? Yes. Did I promise you you're going to have a job? Yes. Did I promise you you're not going to die? Yes. Did I promise you you are, you are going to be used by me and the ministry is going to, going to blossom? Yes. Whatever God has promised you, as long as it is not the promises of man, but it is the promises of God and from God, God is saying the answer is an obvious yes, yes, yes. An eminent yes, yes, yes. Oh, I don't know if God is going to heal me or not. Maybe he doesn't want to. No, you are just deceiving yourself. Yes, he will heal you. A man came to Jesus and said, Sir, sir, would you please help me, my son? Would you please? And Jesus Bible says he had compassion on the man. And he healed him. Beloved, don't be confused by the pressures of this war. Be confident in God. Psalm 37, verse 23 to 25. Psalm 37, 23 to 25. Psalm 37. I hope I'm blessing you this morning. Psalm 37. Are we there? 37. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh, hallelujah. 37. Are we there? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. 23 and 25. Hallelujah. 37. He said, The steps of a good man are ordered by who? By the Lord. And he and he what he delighted in his ways. Though he fell, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholded him with his what? His hand. Verse 25. What does it say? I have been young and now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous word forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. God will never allow you to be forsaken. He won't forsake you. He will never allow you to beg your bread. Praise God. Beloved, let me let you know that almighty God, hallelujah, will never disappoint you. He will sustain you. He will sustain you. 
He will sustain you till the end. Let, let's, let's, let's go back to our text and then we'll try to round up. Whatever we cannot do now, beloved, I want to assure you on Wednesday, we will go through in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Go back to verse 9. And then we're going to round up from that point. And then all the other principles are reserved for, for Wednesday. Hallelujah. Because of time. Let's see verse 9. What does it say? Arise, get thee to what? Zarephath. In fact, let's, let's, before we, we go to that, let's, let's go to verse 4, uh, verse 3. Verse 2 and 3, and then we go to verse 9. I know why I'm pointing that out to you. It says, verse 2 and 3 says, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee ends, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to do what? To feed thee there. Praise God. So the first instruction was meant for what? Feeding. But do you know that those ravens could not sustain Elijah? They could only walk as servant for the provision of God. So that was why they were there to feed him there. So down at Jordan, what's going to happen there? It's going to be fed down there at Jordan. Praise God. By the brook. But when he get to Zarephath by Zidon, to the widow, the Bible says he had commanded the widow woman to sustain thee there. Praise God. So down at Jordan is a time of what? Feeding and provision. Praise God. But when he moves over, he moves over to Zarephath, to Zidon, it's another season. The season changed from feeding you. Now we're going to not only feed you, but we're going to sustain you. This was why he was living by the brook while he was down in Jordan. But when he got to Sarafet, he was living in a home. And he was living upstairs in the house. If you read the entire text. He was living upstairs in the house. Praise God. He was living in the home, not by the brook anymore. He was not exposed anymore. He was no longer in hiding at this time. Because when he was in hiding, he was to be fed. Now... He was what? He was in a season of sustenance. God will sustain you this year in the name of Jesus Christ. No matter what is going to happen in our world, it's oh now. <laughs> I was watching the news the other day and I was laughing. <laughs> they said, well, we're biting in the boost. Oh. <laughs> a booster. Oh wait. You do the vaccine. You gave one, two, three. Ah. Plus booster. After booster, what next? <laughs> what are you doing with us? What are you doing with humanity? If you have faith in God, you trust God to keep you, he will keep you, you might not need booster. <laughs> in times of crisis, in times of pain, in times of affliction, in times of disappointment, in times of discouragement and confusion, God is the sustainer. He will sustain you. Psalm chapter 3 verse 5. Psalm 3 verse 5. Simbra Dabusha. We're going to round up with these verses and pray. Psalm chapter 3. Are we there? Verse 5. Thank you Lord. Verse 5. He says, I laid me down and slept. I awake for the Lord sustaineth me. He said the Lord sustained him. The Lord is our sustainer. Who sustained the, the, the psalmist? He says the Lord sustained me. The Lord sustained Elijah. He will sustain you in Jesus' name. 55, Psalm 55. Stay at Psalms for the time being. Psalm 55, verse 22. 
He will sustain you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 55, are we there? Verse number 22, what does it say? Hallelujah. It says, cast thy burden upon the Lord. Do it. Cast your burden upon the Lord. Cast your pain upon the Lord. Cast your need unto the Lord. Cast your affliction unto the Lord. Cast that sickness unto the Lord. Cast that difficulty unto the Lord. And he shall what? He shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Hi! You should hold a verse like this and run to the city, run to the sky, run to the moon and back, run to the ocean and back and say, yeah, he is my sustainer. I'm not afraid. Cast your burden upon him. Do it, beloved. Hand over everything unto God. Cast your need. Don't begin to keep that thing in your heart until you begin to have a heart attack. Don't allow your in-laws and your outlaws to frustrate your life. Don't allow the demands of life to frustrate you. Don't allow the pressure of this life to hinder your, 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 your eternal life. Don't allow, don't allow the pleasures of sin to come and, and overtake you and snatch you away from the presence of God. Don't allow disappointment and failure and discouragement to permeate your life. Beloved, cast it unto the Lord. Hand them over. Proverbs chapter 18, verse number 14. Proverbs 18, 14, second to last. Proverbs chapter 18, are we there? Lembrodosh, iteleboska. Proverbs chapter 18, thank you, Jesus. Proverbs chapter 18, verse number 14. Proverbs 18, 14, are we there? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Proverbs 18, are we there? Verse number 14. It says, the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. But a wounded spirit can, who can bear? So, the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. So, it takes the spirit of God within you to sustain you in the midst of infirmity or in times of infirmity. The Bible says in the book of Job that there is a spirit in man and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth him understanding. But then the Bible says a wound, but a wound, a wounded spirit, who can bear? And take note of this now. Many people have problems spiritually. They are wounded spiritually. They have sores. They have pain. They have scars. Spiritually, they cannot be medicated physically. Praise God. Some of them cannot even be diagnosed physically. In Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah 55 verse number 16. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah 55. Hallelujah. Verse. Hallelujah. Sorry, let's see Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah chapter 1. Sorry, not 55. Chapter 1. Let's see from verse 17 down to 19 and then we pray. Isaiah chapter 1. Are we there? 17. It says, learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widows. Praise God. Verse 18. Come now and let us reason together. Who is calling you here? Almighty God, come. Let's reason together. Imagine God is calling you for negotiation. God is calling you for, for you to relate with him. Let us reason together. Say the Lord, though your sins be as our pastor, if you know I committed abortion, I committed adultery, I committed fornication, I killed somebody, I took drugs. Oh, pastor, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that, I'm that. The God who created you knew when you were doing it. He saw you. He understood all the secret parts and past of your life that the pastor doesn't know. And he's the one that is saying, come now. 
The pastor is not calling you. I cannot do it. God is calling you. He is the one that can do it. And he's saying, come now. And let us reason together. So, pastor, my sin is too red. It's too deep. It's too, it's too, it's too black. It reminds me of a wonderful song that we used to sing in those days. Uh, 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 believers are not singing those songs anymore. My sins were higher than the mountain, and the Lord sanctified me. My sins were higher than the mountain, and the Lord sanctifies me. Singing glory, hallelujah, when the fire came down, when the fire came down, when the fire came down. Singing glory, hallelujah, when the fire, when the Lord sanctifies me. So no matter how deep your sin might be, the Bible says, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be as crimson, they shall be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Verse 19 and 20, it says, if ye be willing and obedient, your will is involved. Your willingness is necessary. Your obedience is necessary. God says, then what's going to happen? You shall eat the good of the land. Praise God. You shall eat the good of the land. You shall eat the good of the land. You shall eat the good of the land. In other words, you shall be satisfied. You shall be sustained. You shall be preserved. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. My question to you is, beloved, looking at what a man of God, anointed of God, had to go through, step by step and God allow him to go through in order to glorify himself I don't know what your present condition might be I don't know what you may be going through but God wants me to say this to you he's saying I can help you God is saying I can sustain you I am the sustainer God is saying I am your God I love you and I have loved you with an everlasting love and God is saying my son, my daughter, you can come back home. You can run back home. Run home to the open arms of God. He's not going to reject you. Are you ready to run home today? Are you ready to say, Lord, in the midst of trials, in the midst of this, this confusing world, in the midst of this, this terrible situation that we're going through, Lord, my hope, my heart, my faith, my trust is in you. Can we pray together? Yes, we can do that. Shall we all stand right now in the house? Let us stand together with those who are watching all over the world. We're going to pray together. We're going to call upon the name of the Lord. We're going to beg God for mercy. We're going to ask him for his forgiveness and his grace. We're going to ask him for help this morning. And say, Lord, we know you are the sustainer. Divine sustenance. Divine sustenance is of you, oh God. You are the divine sustainer. Lord, our job cannot keep us. Our, our family cannot keep us. Lord, our status cannot keep us. Lord, our, our, our reputation is not relevant at this time. Lord, our investment is not important. What is necessary, Lord, is you, oh God. What is the next step? The next instruction. What is the next step? The next instruction. God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it? Where do you want me to go? Lord, where should I go? Should I stay or should I go? What is your will, oh God? Who and who are you going to lead me to? Lord, bring forth my help. Make a way There is where there is no way. God will do it. Lift up your voices right now. I know the Lord. He will make a way for 
I trust the Lord. He makes a way for me. I trust the Lord. He will make a way for me. If I live I I know the Lord will make a way for me. I trust the Lord. I trust the Lord. He will make, he will make a way for me. I trust the Lord. I trust the Lord. He will make, he will make a way. If I live a holy life, trust in God and do the right. I trust the Lord, He will make a way for me. Maybe you are moved by the system. You are moved by the culture. You are moved by friends in a relationship. You are moved by the wrong crowd. You are not focused. You are in the pond and out of the pond. You are in a dilemma. You want to believe culture and system and structures above God. And God is saying, no, I am God. I can make a way. I can lead. I can instruct. I can supervise. I can guide. I want you to know, beloved, God loves you this morning. God is not accusing you. God is not condemning you. But God is saying, come back home. There is help at home. There is a way. If you are watching and you have never given your life to the Lord Jesus, I want you to pray with me. Say this with me. Say, there Lord Jesus, I come before you. I am your son. I'm your daughter. I am sorry for all that I have done. Pardon me, oh God. Forgive me for my sins. There, Lord Jesus, I repent today. Have mercy upon me. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. I believe you died for me. You were in the grave. On the third day, you rose from the dead. There, Lord Jesus, I am your son. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. There, Lord Jesus, seal me with the Holy Ghost. Thank you for my salvation. I covenant my spirit. I covenant my soul. I covenant my body to you, Lord. Help me not to fear. Help me to understand your ways. In Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. And if you are a child of God and you've been straying away from the things of God, as much as you've heard the word today, you realize that you are wrong, but you want to make every wrong right. I want to pray with you right now. I want you to say this with me. Say, there, Lord Jesus, I come before you. Father, your ways are not my ways. Neither your thoughts are my thoughts. You said in all my ways, I must acknowledge you that you will direct my paths. 
have mercy upon me lord i have done things my own way i have gone my own way according to my own will i have missed the mark i have sinned against you i have messed up i have become a reproach my testimony has been destroyed my reputation has been destroyed because of my ways because of my thoughts because i choose friends i chose people above you lord i am sorry lord have mercy upon me forgive me lord jesus i have decided to follow you no turning back i repent this afternoon i am sorry grant unto me the grace that i need to walk in righteousness to walk in obedience to have a single eye to keep my focus to walk in holiness to be obedient to be true to be faithful and to stand in line with your word in the name of the lord jesus thank you lord for great grace upon my life let your grace overtake me let your mercy overtake me let your anointing overtake me let your presence overtake me that my life will never be the same thank you spirit of the living god we bless your day in jesus mighty name we pray raise up your hand everyone i'll pray for you right now almighty god we come before you we come before you lord we lay our lives before you father we are wrong lord we are sorry father sometimes we look and see things from a human perspective and we forget the fact that you are god and you are the one that is leading us according to proverbs 3 5 and 6 you say we should trust you with all our hearts we ought not to lean on our own understanding but in all of our ways we must acknowledge you that you direct our path many times when push come to shove we push you aside when people come with opinion we follow father when the world brings suggestion we approved it and god we follow everything according to the world and father we've been a disappointment but lord as a church as leaders as workers as members as 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 as, as visitors and even those who are watching live everywhere all over the world we plead for mercy we plead for mercy we plead for mercy we beg you lord have mercy upon us in the name of jesus father we've lost the opportunities we've missed the the, the, the mark father we've missed our helpers father sometimes the way that you did it it came in a funny irrelevant way and we ignore it the things that you were about to use to be a blessing to us we run away from them we ignore them we trust them away the people that you sent forth towards us we underestimated them we neglected them we called them names we rejected them in fact some of us we run away from them but god have mercy have mercy lord father we've missed your standard we've missed your principles we've missed your system we've missed your structure father our eyes are on the world we are, our eyes are upon people father have mercy upon us father lord we pray that you give us a single eye that eye that will see jesus and jesus alone so that we will walk in righteousness we will walk in holiness we will walk in obedience we will walk by faith we will walk in integrity we will walk in truth we will be faithful until the very end in jesus name father we will believe you and doubt the situation father we will believe you and ignore men father if only our eyes are on you father lord you will you will use us to the greater mighty things 
Meprala kushketele bus andere. Lambre belegot kotua kala balashkendurubo. Ilembrede usobra bala kitele bosha. Letus katare babrando yabunda yagadesi. Ekuaramane usenterebe sobra bohite legelaja. Rambegede guskata ilebosh abariandulo. Any one of us, oh God, under the sound of my voice that is struggling with the world, that is struggling with the structures and system of the world, that is struggling with sin, that, that was struggling with the pleasures of this life, anything that has held us captive in bondage, any powers and forces of darkness in operation to deceive us, to mislead us, we abide in Jesus' name. Many people have suffered casualty because of the wrong decision and following the wrong people and the wrong way. Have mercy upon us. Lord, heal our bodies. Heal our hearts. Heal our spirit. Heal our soul in Jesus' name. Almighty God, we decree restoration. We declare God revival. We pray that every man's life will be restored. Every woman, every child will be healed. That God, no sickness will be named among us. No sorrow will be named among us. No pain, no shame among us. No failure, no disappointment among us. No trouble, no casualty among us. You will never lead us in the wrong path. We pray, O oh God Almighty, your word, O oh God, says, Thou art the words of everlasting life. We go nowhere, but we stay with you. We stay with your word. We stay with your will. We stay with the Holy Ghost. We stay with you, Jesus and Jesus alone. Father, we bless you. We bless every man, every woman under the sound of my voice and those of us in the auditorium. I decree and release the blessing of God upon your life. I release the glory of God upon your life. I release the grace of God upon your life. I release God's fire, God's courage, God's provision, God's abundance, God's direction, God's wisdom. In the name of the Lord Jesus, you shall stand in the midst of trying times. You shall not fall. You shall not fail. You will not be a disappointment to the Lord or to your family or to the church but your life will glorify God in Jesus name the Bible says the righteous will fall seven times and the Lord will raise him or her up. I decree that there will be a, a rising upon your life. A new sunrise. A new glory. Grace. Divine intervention. You shall not fail. And even if you fail, you will not stay there. You will move forward and excel in Jesus' name. I decree the peace of God upon your life. I decree the grace of God upon your life. I decree the provision of God upon your life. I decree the health of God upon your life. I decree abundance upon your life. I decree clear sense of direction upon your life. I decree you be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. I decree divine safety and security upon your life. I pray that the sustenance of God will become your sustenance in Jesus' name. You shall never fear. You shall not die empty. You shall not be a victim of circumstance. But your life will be an evidence of the faithfulness of God. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. We give you praise. You are highly lifted up. Awesome God. You are highly lifted up. Mighty God. One more time. One more time. 